Welcome to Lucky Boys Podcast. I'm Will. I'm Norm, and I'm excited to introduce two of our guests today, filmmakers Patrick Chen and Jason Chu. Welcome to the show, man. No, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. While we're off air, we were talking enough to do like a, a small little section of a podcast within itself. <laughs> right. yeah. A lot of interesting stories, and it's because Patrick and I, uh, we have a lot of the similar experiences growing up. And mutual friends. And mutual friends. Yeah. Uh, which And it's weird because... We didn't even meet each other until, I guess, now, like until we we're adults later on in life. Yeah, man, it's crazy. I mean, like, growing up back then, you, you seem like you know everybody or you heard of that person's name. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, you know, like, oh, Will, like, I don't know. Oh, you mean that? And once you see their face, you're like, oh, that's Brooklyn Will, or that's, you know, you, you always have a nickname for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think I, I think they just called me Tall Will. <laughs> right? That's an app name. Ba- basketball Will. Hey, being yeah. tall back then was, hey, that's, that's a plus, man. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you guys are both filmmakers. Uh, Chewy, you are you specialize in photography, director of photography, to yeah, be more I'm, accurate. I'm, I'm the camera guy. Yeah, the right. camera guy. And hey, that is uh, an extremely. You're, you're basically the director's right hand man. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, would man. you say that? Right? Yeah, no, I'll say that. Honestly, the director's eye. DPs, you guys play a very crucial role into how the movie experience is. Well, I'm super excited about this uh, project that you have, guys have coming up. Right? Thank you, thank you. A father-son. Um, I mean, mutually, we know this, the author uh, mm. based off the, the characters from his books. Yeah, Henry, um, Henry, Henry Chang. Chang. Yeah. Yep. Check out that, that, that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check out that podcast. Thanks for the plug. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited. And I'm, I'm not excited just because I have a bit role in it, you know. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that later, too. That's- I just hope Jason, I, I just hope Patrick doesn't like... You know, leave me in no, the you're in floor. It, you know, no, you're saying? In like it. I'm in the final cut. No, you're in the final cut. <laughs> your final cut and your slow motion. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> slow motion too. Wow. And, we hear, and we hear you. Oh, yeah. My bad Cantonese, right? No, actually, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> you made an adaptation of Henry Chang's uh, novel. Yeah. Uh, and you turned it into a short. Yeah. And you have a few uh, very popular actors in it. Yeah, very talented and generous uh, people. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? Okay. I mean, we definitely got the legendary Tai Ma in it, who's in Mulan, Farewell, Russia, amongst, what, I think 200 credits under his name. Insane. He's America's his, dad right now. Yeah, yeah he is. He his is. catalog is insane. He's Asian America's dad. <laughs> but I think I think he's a really fantastic actor. I just don't look him as the Asian American dad. I think he's really gifted. Mm-hmm, um, definitely. And then we got uh, Ronnie Chan from The Daily Show and Crazy Rich Asian. Funny um, man, funny man. Yes, yes. And... We got Perry Young, who is in The Warrior, The Nick, you know. Um, who else we got? What, Watching Ho from Daredevil. And we got Christopher Randolph, which I don't know if you guys play video games. He was the one of the voice actors for the Metal, Metal Gear series. Oh, cool. He mm. played Otacon. Um, who else we got? Um, we got Michael Toe. Uh, Henry Joke from Warriors, Michael Tosin, Lucky Grandma. I mean, that was kind of your plan, right? To bring together all the Asian people you could find. It, it wasn't that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, not because of their reputation, who they were. I wanted to show people like, hey, you know, what if the community came in and with no lines or with lines, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, imagine a show or a movie, everyone's there that we know and seen and what is their world like and what's the character. So it was great that they say yes you know and then also we got ken lin from notorious msg um that was great to have because you know i do admire these people's work and it wasn't just like oh yeah it's gonna make the movie look better no i just wanted to come in because show people hey you got fans of notorious msg lucky grandma warrior 
imagine all the fans to see one showcase. You know. You see what you just did there. A lot of people complain about how Asian American books, movie stories, don't get adapted properly. Yeah, yeah. And look at what you just did there. You took an Asian American novel、mm-hmm. story, you adapted it、mm-hmm. with people within the community, community, and you kept the story as real as possible. Within our budget, yeah. Within within your budget, <laughs>、yeah. um, however limited, but I mean that just goes to show like something incredible because a lot of the times when they want to move forward with that, they would look on outside factors how they can somehow change it and not keep it as authentic in、mm-hmm. order to make it more appealing to a wider audience.、Mm-hmm. And I would argue that it is appealing. To a wider audience, if you keep it real, I think、yeah. people want real stories. They don't want it all Hollywood up. That's where the money comes in. You know, like, hey, if someone's giving you X amount of dollars and it's like, I want this and that, some people be like,、oh, I guess we have to do it. You know, and I, and I get that business side, but luckily this is an independent film and it's a community project, so we had that luxury and freedom to be like, well, can you make Jack White? No, <laughs> go fuck yourself.、Right. You know, so. Obviously not. So we had to, we had one perk about that. But、uh, props to Henry Chang because like I call him the Godfather. Like he just because without his story, without his vision of that world, you know, just showing it how he grew up.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wouldn't we wouldn't know that world, you know, through his stories. I don't know if you guys read that. Right. Well, it, yeah, yeah. I read some of、uh, his book series, and、yeah. it's very immersive. Like the characters.、Um, Like the the thing with that is like he actually they're three dimensional characters. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you have gangs, you have cops and robbers and everything like that.、Mm-hmm. But then they're three three dimensional characters that look like you and me, and I I appreciated that and、mm-hmm. I, I and I love the character. The world that he built was amazing. See, here's the thing that that Henry shared with me,、uh, and and I think we were one night we were out at a bar drinking together, and we we're just talking over you know over a beer and.、Mm-hmm. And I think Henry had a whiskey, but uh, <laughs> but uh, we were just talking, and and he was like, I really, and this was before you guys were on his project,、mm-hmm. and he says, you know, I really want to turn this into something,、mm-hmm. and I was like, well, it sounds like a pretty good book. Like, haven't anyone approached you? He goes, like, yes, they did,、mm-hmm. and they were in talks, but it fell through because he wanted he wanted to be able to have a partner where he can trust. Mm-hmm. To do it correctly and properly,、mm-hmm. where they, where where they wouldn't wash it out with another character that was not accurate to what he wanted to portray within his book series.、Mm-hmm. And when he said that to me, I thought it was amazing because I won't say the network's name. I know who, but yeah, you know who, yeah, right? Yeah. But most people would see that label. And go, wow! This label or this network is willing to invest in my story. But remember, that was pre-Crazy Rich Asian, yes, long time ago. Yes, so things were different, right? Even though it was like five years, still different.、Mm-hmm. You know, I think the last three years, things changed rapidly, man. We've seen more representation, right? And right. again, you know, yeah. So, but it was pre that. But at the same time, people. Will still want. Hey, you you found my book and you want to make it into something?、Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course.、Mm-hmm. But for Henry not to sell out,、mm-hmm. because he wanted it true to the vision, 
and just be patient with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I give Henry a lot of credit. I mean, this guy is he really does talk the talk and walk the walk. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, how I do want to go. How did you end up um, finding and connecting with all of this talent? I mean, it's like the first domino effect. I I mean, I had this uh, a mutual friend. Uh, our friend, uh, you know, I don't want to say his name, but he introduced me to this uh, woman, Joanne. Uh, she's an actress. Mm-hmm. And then Joanne started introducing me to other people. So really, it was actually uh, our friend, Shing Ka. Shing um, was politely to introduce me to people like Celia, Lex, all these people. And then when, you know, Celia, then that. It's just networking. Just, and then it's like a domino effect. Exactly. Then how did you get to the point where you got connected with Perry, Ty, Ronnie? Ty oh. was actually because him and Jeff... Jeff Lee, which you had it in the podcast. Like, was that your first episode or second? No, no, I think it was within the first 10. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, Jeff, um, they're BFF, and I didn't even know that. And, you know, just to Henry, too. Henry, too. But Jeff was, people don't know, Jeff was, uh, I know, Ty was uh, his best man at his wedding. So they go way back. Oh, they wow. do. Yeah. 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 So Jeff, I think Jeff told us that, right? I don't remember that. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeff, uh, Jeff told me that. Yeah, and, and and just to hear that, you know, like uh, the basement workshop and all this wonderful stuff about their the past history shop. and their acting career. So I met Ty through that, and they wanted to do uh, something for the community, and we did. We, we um, actually host a uh, first acting masterclass for Ty Ma in Chinatown. Ty wanted to pay back the community. That's one thing I love about Ty. He's always supportive, contributed. He, like, he just wants to give, you know. Because he had a little break while he was um, doing a project here. So he wanted to do a master class, talk to Jeff. It's like, yeah, let's do it. Like, who, who can we help? It's like, I know a guy, Patrick. And they reach out and say, hey, Pat, can we make this happen? I'm like, when? We want to do it next week. I'm like, next week? Whoa. I'm like, all right, let me, let, me, uh, let, me, let me see what I can do. And we had like one or two meetings. Boom. And Ty taught his first master class, I think, uh, three, four years ago. And he had a second one uh, just before the production began. So that's how I met Ty, uh, through Jeff. Uh, who else? Perry, I think I met through... I think Perry... Everyone knew who Perry was. He just came around Chinatown and, and about, and he went to Asian Roma, and we were just talking and stuff like that. Very humble guy. Didn't we watch, like, some series? Wu Assassins? Yeah, but Perry was not in it. Uh, but he was there. He was there, I think. Yeah, he was there, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think... That's the first time I, I met them. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Or oh, that screening... Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I think so, but I think I met him before then. You know, like he would just come by at Asian Roma after he wrapped up season one Warriors, mm. and I was like, "Hey, what's up, Harry?" And you know, got to deuce like that. And uh, who else? Uh, Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie actually uh, found because he retweeted the project, and we, oh, wow. yeah, we just that you out. did that, yeah, for Father Son. Okay. So while we were doing Kickstarter, uh, almost, oh. almost been a year. Um, during the process, uh, we were looking for Jack U. And that mm-hmm. was hard, really hard, because we were trying to keep it going back what you said, authenticity. And I wanted to look for an actor to speak Cantonese. Mm. And guess what? No one speaks that language. It's a dying language. Everyone speaks Mandarin. A lot of submissions came. I'm like, all right, not bad. You know, like, you have to look, the resume. But I only speak Mandarin. Mm. I'm like, oh. And we all know Will and Norm, like, when the Mandarin people speak Cantonese. Oh, man. <laughs> Wait, are you guys all Yo. Canto? You guys are all Well, I'm Toy San, but oh, I, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. from I'm, that background. I'm FJ. So it's tough, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, but granted, like Ronnie's background, he's, uh, he's Malaysian um, and stuff. So, you know, I had a couple candidates, and then, you know, Ronnie just retweeted it. I'm like, oh shit. He kind of has that look, you know, and I was like, why not? And I 
you know, was Googling him if he speaks Cantonese. I know he speaks Mandarin. Mm-hmm. So I had a mutual friend. Uh, we had a mutual friend, uh, Shuhei Kinoshita. And I was like, hey, Shuhei, can you just, uh, you know, you see, I, I can reach out and from there we can talk it out. And the rest is history. It was just that from social media. I think it's very inspiring. I, I know a lot of other filmmakers, extremely talented. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, they always tell me, oh, we don't have enough money. Mm. They, they, they create barriers of entry for themselves. Now, they do exist, but they are not willing to put in the work to make it to go over those barriers. Now, when I was watching you putting all this together and I'm listening to you, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, from, from your GoFundMe, which was very successful. Oh, Kickstarter. Kickstarter. I'm sorry. Your Kickstarter, yeah. which was very successful. Yeah, oh. from your Kickstarter, which was very successful, to the names and the community mm-hmm. and the people that you got involved and excited. I mean, we, we just heard so much buzz about this project. Mm-hmm. And when it all got tied together, I'm like, holy shit, he did it. I was amazed myself too. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised. It. I'm like, how it went, right? You know? Because if if you were to tell me, and we're sitting next to each other, mm-hmm. and before any of this is going on, you're saying, "I want to get this guy, this guy, I want to do this, this mm-hmm. and that," and a third, mm-hmm. I'm gonna look at you like, man, that's a that's a tough mountain to climb. That's a lot, yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, you did it, uh-huh. and, and that's a difference. I think that's the difference between. I think that's the line between success and and failure. A lot of the times is having the the energy, the belief, the intuitiveness to really just push forward mm-hmm. and have the right team, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you do that like, within yourself? How did you have that conversation, that dialogue in your head? I'm still having that conversation in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, man. It's, I think it's just learning from what you've done in the past. I mean, Chewie probably could agree. Like, we've all done some good and bad projects and you learn from it you know and i think i mean it'll be amazing if this was my really first first film but it's not this is like my eighth short film whatever so you know i learned a lot from my first kickstarter which i did was love express which i raised money to shoot a love story on the seven train you know and that was like uh eight years ago raised like about four grand and i learned learned how like how to maneuver how to raise money from that and I took that knowledge and I just imply it to uh, you know last year's Kickstarter with a father's son and the rest was just like meeting people talking to them but it wasn't my intention to be like I have this project I'm, I'm a cashew it was just how this rolls like hey if I saw you like Norm I saw you in a film I'm like I like your acting I'm gonna keep that in mind and then when the project comes about Norm would you like to yes or no if you say no no harm no foul keep it moving okay, keep it moving because you know, you gotta get a lot of no's and yes. So I just keep going and going. But the best part was like having people like Jason here was just really supportive because uh, from the get go, Jason was there with me in pre-production and just like, how do we go about this and motivate? You can't do this by yourself. I had him. You need and, a team, of course, and yeah. the support. Yeah. So but, were you guys kind of, I guess, allies in that part where if where you both pushed each other to make sure that you both it's it's like a, an accountability partner. Would you for I mean because a lot of people are listening may may uh, be future filmmakers or there may be some parallels where they want to achieve something mm-hmm. and a lot of the times where it's it's really a mindset right but if you're doing something together like for example some people if they try to quit smoking or if they try to we were talking about yeah, that I, know, I, I, I got to tie quit, it back man. I got to quit but, uh, uh, 
if you try to quit smoking or if you're trying to lose weight or get fit together, mm-hmm. they they a lot of times where they find it easier, they have a, an accountability partner mm-hmm. where they work together and they push each other. Mm-hmm. If one wants to take the day off, I remember when I was trying to get fit uh, for basketball and tryouts and everything mm-hmm. back in uh, high school. And, you know, if I wanted to skip workouts, my friend would call me out. Like, will, will, will. No, we going out. Yeah. 6 a.m. We're going to run, and then we're going to do push-ups. We're going to shoot 100, 200 jump shots, and then we're going to, and then we're going to go on, go to school. And I, you know, after the third day, I was like, "Bro, no more, bro. Like, let's just take one day off." Yeah. And he was like, "Come on, man. Think about think about the edge we're going to get. Think about how much faster and stronger we'll be than everyone yeah. else." And days that he wanted to take off, you know, so we keep each other in check, and yeah. we made each other stronger because of that. Mm-hmm. Is it? somewhat like that when you're in a process of of making a film like this yeah i mean i think in the very beginning it was definitely like that i mean it's similar to i feel like you guys doing this podcast too right it definitely helps to have a team member you know to keep you going Mm -hmm. and you know in the early stages i mean we we, i mean we we just met a lot (laughs) yeah i mean like i mean we did butt heads a little bit not too bad it was just like a little bit like i don't know it was just question questionable but it wasn't like no it was just questionable but as as we got closer and closer, Jason was just like, "Gotta do what you gotta do." I'm like, "I like that. Let's let's just do it." You know? Yeah, I think going back to like how how it came to be, everything. I think at some point it was just a train, right? It was just coming at you, right? <laughs> and then you you can't stop that train at that point, <sighs> yeah. right? You just have to you just have to pull everyone on board. You know, you have to get this done. The money's there. We have to go. We have to go. You know? Mm-hmm. So there was like. It, it was it was already rolling down the hill, I feel. And Absolutely. we just had to do the best we could. Yeah, you man. guys are downplaying it, man. Because being a director and DP, director of photography, it is not easy. No, it's not, man. Okay. It is not easy. Yeah. And for you guys to do what you guys have done from A to Z, uh-huh. it's insane. It's a huge feat I, by I, itself. I think it's important to let people know that it is it is day to day. You know, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but like on every day shoot you're planning for the next one you got to keep going right mm-hmm. it's like you might it might seem like chaos but you just have to keep pushing and that's 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 the way to get it done right you're getting locations you're trying to squeeze the best out of the talent mm-hmm. that's in front of the camera well not I'm not well on this talent because because they're master at their craft so it was a little easy i was very fortunate but so the chemistry between the actors just fell in yeah i mean like they knew what to do they're pros yeah too. they're pros you know i mean they had questions here and there and i was like either i answer or i couldn't answer but mm-hmm. always have an answer for everything but still they they were master at the craft and i think that's one thing ty taught um in his master class he said hey you're paying us actors and our job is to make your film look good even if the script is bad and i was like it's true you know like so he executed not saying the script was bad but they knew what they're doing as as a maybe like a two-year uh actor from who just came from you know college who just came from theater background they're not going to get that as ty and perry would right you know those guys did theater since they were like in their teenager years so they experienced um the pedigree that that mattered in in the production that was what you're going for absolutely it wasn't the name but definitely experience like Mm -hmm. i like to when i meet actors i like to ask them like oh we're, we're retrained I had one person said, "Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't need school." I'm like, "Nope, Whoa. not gonna hire you." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "Not gonna hire you." Someone said, "I don't need school." Yeah, I don't need school. It's like, it's from the heart. I'm like, no, you're not, you're not Marlon Brando, James Dean. Next, um, other people be like, "Yeah, I, I did this for theater and this." I'm like, "All right, cool." Like, well, we'll keep in touch. Here's my Facebook, Instagram. Let's let's contact or send me a reel. 
that's how I, you know, keep in check. The same thing as you're like, hey, Pat, well, where's your work? Like, oh, here's the link to so-and-so, you know. I think that got people on board because of my previous work. Like, at least with Ronnie, because Ronnie I didn't really know at the time. So I had a, maybe he did or didn't, but I sent the links of my work. Like, here's the links of my work, proof that I have done so-and-so, and I don't know if you like my, my style. And I think 40% of the cast, I did that. Like, here's my link to... Not proving myself as showing like, hey, this is the quality of work I'm producing. So imagine this amount of budget. This is one we'll do with a father son. I mean, you're driving the ship. Mm-hmm. So they want to make sure that you know how to navigate. Mm-hmm. And looking at your past work, I mean, uh, uh, you can kind of get an idea. Number one, of your growth, which people respect. Mm-hmm. I think when you see like the first work, you're like, eh. of course. And you see the second and the third and the fourth, you're like, all right, this guy, he's 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 growing. He cares about his craft. And in some ways, I find that more respectable when you can see someone's growth and knowledge and just become a much better what, filmmaker or whatever. Mm-hmm. You could just see that and, and, and you go, you know what? I want to be a part of that growth, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of the times as artists, especially if they're actors, uh, they're also still growing. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I think I heard Denzel say something like that where he says, I'm still learning. Yeah, me too. Everyone is. Right. Anyone who says they're not learning, that's that's bullshit, man. Really. Or it's dangerous to think that you master something and there's nothing else you can learn. That's yeah. a dangerous mentality yeah. to have. Exactly. It's very self-limiting. Yeah. You're in post-production with this project now? Yeah, we, we finally uh, picture locked. So <gasps> now it's... Congratulations. Now, thank you. No, thank wow. you. Wow. It took a while because because of the pandemic and which is right. still going on. Um, everything's done remotely, which is why it was done very slow. Everyone's like, where is it? I'm like, hey, man, if it wasn't for the pandemic... Two months ago, maybe it would have been picture locked, but I had a great production team, a post-production team um, that's doing their best, you know, because they're all still juggling with their day job because right. everyone's surviving during the pandemic, staying mm-hmm. home, working at home. Um, so now it's just color grading and getting the music from the infamous Chops, who I don't know if people know. Uh, he was the one of the trio and co-founders of the Mountain Brothers, mm-hmm. who were the first uh, Chinese-American yeah, Chinese American rappers in the United States. Not Jin. They were the first one to sign with, I think, Rough House. This is, this is uh, predating Notorious M- MSG. Way before, man. <laughs> yeah, man. So he's scoring your project. Yeah, he's scoring the project. Yeah, and Mike Kelly, who he scored the teaser. Um, he's he was my composer for Love Express. So yeah, I wanted to just give Mike a little chance because uh, I never worked with Chops. So I was like, hey, Chops, and Chops came up to say, I would love to score. I'd love to have you. Yeah. You know. So. Are you allowed to disclose how many minutes? This one uh, is? Roughly, it's under between 25 to 30. 25 to 30. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Norman's seen it. He's seen it. Like, we shot a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. The little inside joke is people say, this feels like a feature. I'm like, no. <laughs> how many days was the total of filming? Seven days. Yeah. Seven days. Yeah. Seven, eight days. Yeah. Seven days, 12 hours. No. I mean, hours. no. I mean, it was like. On and off some days because you know it was dependent on locations, mm-hmm. right? And we also had uh, actors availability. Yes, yeah, a big issue. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering, like, how how did the partnership between you two start? It because you, um, I spoke to you, Jason, a bit that this was the first major project you guys worked on. Yeah. So how did that collaboration came to be? He was cheap. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You gotta uh, find the cheap labor. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I meant. I, I mean, uh, I, I told it's true. True wasn't really my first choice because. Like you said, I like to work with people that I've worked before, and I had a DP that was uh, unavailable for whatever reason. I think also he was expecting to be a father, I think. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can't blame him. The guy's like, the wife is about to you know, give birth and everything. 
But how I met Chewy was uh, we have a mutual colleague, a uh, filmmaker too, Eric Liu. Um, Eric came from Philly to shoot a short film. And I was like, hey, Eric, can I come down and shadow you? Because um, this is where I, this is, I think, after the last tip. So I was still learning. And I want to learn from other filmmakers. Like, hey, I'll just keep my mouth shut. If you want me to run get coffee while you concentrate, I'll do that. He, he didn't ask me to. So um, I popped up, drove down to Brooklyn in November. They were shooting a short film outside. And I saw Jason Word. I was like, he's like, hey, how are you doing? My name's Jason. I was like, I got to go to work. I'm like, who's so fast? Yeah. I'm like, damn, man. Dude's like quick. And it was like oh, man. 20 degrees. It was very cold. Came Not as cold as the last day. He was probably thinking like, I got to get out of this weather right now. So that's why it's so quick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not as bad as... I mean, we had a cold day on a father-son, too. Yeah, but not as cold as the last day. I think that was okay, because it was daytime. When you and Eric shot your yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Stardust? Starsky. Okay. I forget the name. Um, Sorry, so, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's how I met uh, Chewy. And then uh, from there, I just kept contacting. Hey, how you doing, Chewy? Uh, or you know, Jason. And um, I was like, what's going on? And that's when I presented the project. I was like, hey, are you interested in doing this film? Mm-hmm. And he said, "Yeah, let me take a look at the script and let's talk." I'm like, "Great." I just how do you feel about Asian Americans and 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 Hollywood when it comes to number one portraying or just the films? Okay, because uh, you say if you say media like lately, not good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like fifty fifty with the whole hate crime going up. But mm-hmm. if you say Hollywood, I think, Hollywood, yeah, I think um, pertaining filmmaking, yeah, it's slowly getting there. I mean, I think um, after Crazy Rich Asian, um, that's when. Hollywood started to notice that we were bankable. We were, we had talent out there. It's, get, it's getting this slowly. Is it strong? I, I still think there's a lot of work to be to be done because there are still, like for example, like Law and Order. You always gotta get that one episode of Chinatown every season, and it's always stereotypical, dude. You know, and, or even not just Law and Order, but any other show. Always that one Chinatown episode. <laughs> and what what what's that stereotypical one Chinatown episode for for the, those of uh, that aren't Asian? They they dress up Chinatown like very Oriental, and I when I use Orientals like the Red Lanterns and stuff. Like Hardcore, they, by the way, they lay it. All yeah, over. man. I mean, it's nothing like that at yeah, all. I saw a, a snippet of Gotham where they made it look like it was from like 1940 China. I'm like, what? What? Yeah. So um, there's that, and also. It's always the gang story, the uh, smuggling immigrant story, prostitution. It's nothing very organic like, oh, uh, my kid just got murdered. Right. You know, right. Or, or like like now, my kid was in a hate crime and he he or she got burned or shot. It's nothing about, it's always about within China community. Oh, um, yeah, the gangster extorted me and my dad died because he didn't pay the, the monthly fee or something. It's just always the same story over and over again. You know? Yeah, I think there's a lot of room for many more different stories yeah, out yeah. of our community. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think it's important for us to come out there and 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 tell stories our way because we're coming at it from a totally different perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this until we made this film. I feel you know, and being part of the community and being like, oh wait, we're actually we actually do have a different perspective. You know, just the way we shot the films, our influences. Mm-hmm. You know. It's it, it it just comes out differently, and I think it's important for us to keep telling stories our way, and and no one's gonna come and give us these opportunities. So yeah, yeah, you know, because we all know who the gatekeepers are in Hollywood. I mean, slowly it's changing. I've seen like pe- new uh, people of color taking chairs and new seats, positions, which is great. Um, and they're the one who probably get it. It's like 
I want to tell a story about my dad and my mom or my brother. And they'll be like, I get this. Where you get like a white person like, oh, I don't get this. Oh, let's let's bring a Chinatown again. I'm like, <laughs> it's always like that. So do you think it's more relegated to Asians being viewed as not being bankable? Or where like financially as an investor, the investors uh, investing in the movies because, you know, it takes a lot of um, capital at times mm-hmm. to have these films and or if the studios investing in it, they want to make sure that they get their uh, return on investment on it. Or do you think it just comes from just lazy thinking or or is it something else? Both. Well, <laughs> it's both. But I think it leans towards the green. Right. It's all about the money, man, because money talks. doesn't matter. You know, like look at Tyler Perry. He's busting out TV shows, web series, all that because he has content, a community, but it makes money. Like I'm not I'm not a religious person, but every movie talks about God. You're like, mm-hmm. hey, you know why he or she cheated on you? Why? Because you didn't believe in God. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tyler always Perry like movies. that. I mean, it's not my thing, but he has a, he has an audience and those audience are willing to pay for it. And I think our audience is willing to pay for that. That's why we're so lucky to have uh, Gold House. You know, they're willing to bust out the money on themselves. Like, I don't know who's, they got co-sponsors from uh, individuals, uh, organizations, but they're buying the movie theaters out to help the community and show, hey, Hollywood, the numbers need to change. And this is what happens if you allow us, our stories to be told. Right, know. they're they're putting their foot forward and they're yeah, showing yeah, like, hey, you know what? Check this out. Yeah, uh, I think they did that for what uh, Crazy Rich Asians, uh, Parasite, Parasite, Parasite was amazing. Oh, dude, yeah, amazing absolutely. film. Oh my gosh! So, uh, who said this? But I, I thought I read this somewhere, and I was like, you know what? That I think it was Taima that said this uh, in a recent Variety interview, mm-hmm. and he said something along the lines about Asians in Hollywood and how can how can uh, Parasite have all of these uh, nominations for I know what amazing you're film yeah. and beautiful cinematography? All, all had every single it was nominated for everything except it, there was not one nomination that recognized the individual talent of the actors. Exactly, and I think that's changing now. Like recently, Hollywood, I mean, Oscars, they're changing their criteria now. So I think they're 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 seeing on social media and people's uh, cries for that. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree and stuff, you know. But it's also the green. Like, why didn't it get nominated? Because well, they got these famous celebrities that if they get nominated or they get the Oscar, then the next project they do, you can get the money and pump it out. You know, it's all about. So there's know, a lot of politics it's, that it's, it's a business. That play it's still a business. It. Mm-hmm. It's still a business, man. And we're learning that honestly. I I think uh, once the father son gets into the circuit. Uh, I want to take notes. I want to talk to the right people and just listen, you know, and just like take notes. And it's like, oh, okay. And I'm willing to share my knowledge and my, you know, like, and what I experienced to other inspiring filmmakers. Now, are, are you looking to just keep it as a short or if there's an opportunity to expand on that into a feature, would you do that? Well, I, I think Henry said it in his last podcast was that um, my agenda was because I know at the time we are not – like behind the camera and also the writer, we're not known in the in the public, you know, like who's Patrick Chan? Like, you know, like who who's gonna give me X amount of dollars to do a feature? So I was like, hey, let's do a short film, um, like a side story, kind of like a one shot deal and see where it takes like a proof of concept. If Whiplash could do it, then maybe we could do it. And I told that to Henry and it's like, hey, let's do that. Cost efficient, it won't go as crazy and also um maybe 
will try to do a TV show because things right now, everything's a TV series. Right. You know, and right. if you read Henry's books, there's no way you can squeeze that into a two hour feature. There's a lot of characters in there. A lot of, yeah, lot of no information way to do there. It. I mean, you really have to take out a lot yeah. to make that adaptation come true. I mean, yeah, yeah. And it could cheapen the story. Or a three hour movie, whichever. <laughs> With the multiple sequels. You're Scorsese now? No, no, no. Not even close. I know we had Crazy Rich Asians, and there seems to be an investment in Hollywood towards that. And I think, I don't know if Asian Americans are the reason why. Uh, Hollywood is kind of shifting gears on that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's China. Of course. I think it's that. Um, that said, I mean, what do, what do you guys, did you guys see Mulan? Yeah, yeah. We saw Mulan. I saw it on the day of uh, premiere. So what did you guys think of it? Um, I enjoyed love it. Love it, hate it. I enjoyed it. I mean, there's, there's definitely some flaws to it, like everyone says, but I enjoyed it. Um, definitely not because we know Ty, because he was very good in it. I mean, he carried from the, the story from the beginning to the end because he narrated. It was almost like, anyone's father's telling a story like a bedtime story yeah, ty, ty was dope man yeah. every time i see this guy work i'm just yeah i'm just like man he has i mean i said this uh i believe i said this to jeff and harry i mean the guy has just so much control yeah man and he just knows why i yeah he i see the moves that he's doing and, and the decisions that he's making and i'm just like man he's finding the right balance between not being too risky and not mm-hmm. being too conservative mm-hmm. and that's very difficult for an actor to do yeah. Uh, especially in some of the scenes that they put him in. And I can see why he's got over 200 credits. I mean, the guy is a beast. Yeah. He's, I mean, and everyone loves him that, you know, that one part where he says, I only have daughters accepted the scroll and he fell. I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, man, yeah. that was a powerful moment mm-hmm. right there, even in the, in the trailer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for what is, I mean, the controversy, which I don't want to get into, but uh, it, was, it was a good movie, you know, okay. like a good popcorn. It's a Disney film, what do you expect? Right. And one thing one of my friends wrote, uh, she's, a, she's a blogger, wrote her, she says something. Um, people complain for one thing. It's, we all agree on. It's not the same as the adaptation of the cartoon. Where's Mushu? Like that's where's Mushu? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that the whole time. Yeah. And, and when the Phoenix came out, I was like, Yo, is the Phoenix gonna talk? Eddie Murphy's voice. <laughs> Imagine that would have <laughs> yeah. been so out of place. <laughs> um, so, but she wrote was was makes sense. It's like um, it's a new generation. It's not meant for us. It's meant for the newer generation. It's meant for your kids mm. and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah. that's right. Did your kids see it? Thank what you. did they think? We're in a group chat mm-hmm. with our friends mm-hmm. and it was split down the middle. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I was the last one to see Mulan in our group. You know, I'm dad. I was doing dad stuff. And when we got to it that evening, uh, I, I mean, these guys are saying, I already see, I'm trying, like, yo, guys better not spoil it for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we're, it's, it's, it's family movie night. So I get the text and like I hated it, or eh, I thought the cartoon was better. Yeah, I was entitled. I mean, everyone's entitled for their opinion, right? Yeah, and it's, it had nothing to do with the politics. Politics aside, they were just looking at it as viewers. We weren't getting all political, whether it's yeah, yeah. this or that or that. We're just looking at the movie for what it is. Yeah. So a couple of people said they hated it. A couple of people said, "Well, I like the cartoon better," and the other half was like, "It was amazing. It's mm-hmm. great." And I was like, "All right, great." So. Let's go. Let's get into this. Mm-hmm. Overall, I I liked it. My my family liked it. It was. I think if you it's a great movie to watch with your kids. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, I mean from that perspective, with those expectations that it's a family movie. Yeah, it's a Disney movie, and that's what I went into it expecting. And when I watched, it, I was like, that was a fun ride for all of us. Yeah, I think people. Are, I mean, I think people are trying to compete. Uh, compared to like Parasite and Crazy Rich Asian, like the experience. And I think. You can't get that. I mean, one is 
we're, we're still in like a pandemic. Everything's virtual now. So you're not going to get that shared experience like, oh my God, I'm watching with my peers. Like this lady's taking his grandma to watch Mulan and stuff. Right. So it is what it is. Like I, I believe it lives in, it should live in two different spaces. But I think the problem was that the previous live action Disney, all the live action was frame by frame by frame. So people was like, well, mm. you did it for Beauty and Beast, uh, Aladdin. Why can't you do that with Mulan? And people, mm. I think that's a, that's yeah. that, that was the expectation because yeah. based off of their track record, that's what they were expecting to see. Yeah, yeah, like like right. Lion King was like frame, frame by, by frame, frame yeah. man. You know, it's just live but action. But here's the thing: Some extra it songs in there. I mean, imagine Mushu coming out with Eddie Murphy's voice. That would have been <laughs> yo. It would have been so comical in all the wrong ways. I don't know. For I, think real that, life. I think that'd be cool. Within, I mean, there, there is a faction, like you said. There's a faction that that wants it, maybe a grittier Mulan. But there, there was a faction that they wanted a musical Mulan. True. Yeah. Right. True. Yeah. All right. Now, if they did it like that, it could have worked. Mm-hmm. It could have worked. I, I, I think. Well, well, what did your daughters think? Because they didn't have the experience of the previous. They one. They did. Right? Oh, they did. Have they the, loved okay. the cartoon. And okay. look, any opportunity I get to show my girls mm-hmm. an Asian princess, an Asian hero, female, strong female mm-hmm. that's Asian. I want to absolutely expose them to that because they have T-shirts with white girls on them. Yeah, yeah. They have T-shirts, uh, toys, Barbie, Barbie Barbies, dolls, all this, yeah. and it's full. We don't have any Asian dolls or anything, so I purposely like find Chinese dolls in Chinatown that's not even famous or a cartoon mm-hmm. that we know, mm-hmm. just so that they can have it in their, in you know, in their space, so that they're not subconsciously raised to think that this is the standard of beauty. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people have that, you know, the blonde hair, blue eye standard of beauty. Yeah. And uh, so that's a whole nother story. But uh, looking, look, they did, they were able to see both. And they, they I think they looked at it like I did. Uh, you know, it lives in its own space. They understand this is a cartoon and this is yeah. Mulan, the, the show. And, I, and that's the way I, that's the approach I took a look. But as a filmmaker, going back to before, what I will say, if I were to kind of compare the two, and I understand if, 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 Forget about just having Mushu and all this craziness uh, or making it a musical. It's just as a filmmaker, the pacing, Mm -hmm. the pacing for the cartoon was absolutely excellent. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Uh, Just from uh, the transitions, from when they were singing and they were like, this is amazing. And, 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 And as soon as they, for example, that one scene in the cartoon... I've watched it like twenty times because of my kids. I saw it after. I saw it after watching the live action. Like, Let me put it on Disney so Plus. How they're like super selling, and then yeah. they finally get to meet up with all the soldiers, yeah. or where they're supposed to be, and everyone's dead. Everything is dark yeah, yeah, and yeah. grim. Yeah. And then I think uh, I forget the general. Oh, uh, Shang. Yeah, he he says uh, something along the lines like, "You're, you're now men." Yeah, yeah. Boys. And and I I looked at that like, whoa. And then one of my friends. Was, was telling me about it mm-hmm. and we had a discussion and i was like okay let me let me play it back and i went to look at it i was like yeah that is excellent and he goes now look how they did it here yeah, yeah and my friend sent me a video and i was just like oh snap that is an interesting take i'm like and and now i'm starting looking at it because my friends are filmmakers too and yeah. and we're now i'm start comparing and looking at it as from, from a pacing standpoint oh no absolutely it's killer i mean like um i have a colleague uh works in the dc animated uh cartoon universe and you know everyone complains like after the Dark Knight Rises or let's say Man of Steel, most of the DC films aren't that great. But if you watch the cartoons, they're fantastic, oh and gosh, the pacing yeah. are excellent. First five minutes, you don't need a backstory; you get the inside incident, and also you know what's going to go on. You know, I think Hollywood or 
directors need to hire those writers seriously yeah oh my gosh yeah you know what white black h doesn't matter those are good writers you know absolutely can, can i just say that i think the movie was longer than it, it was supposed to be mm. and i should have been longer or should be less it it was longer uh-huh. but i think you know due to certain like you know executives and whatnot mm-hmm. i think it was like shortened in a, in a in a way i can't say for sure but i'm pretty sure that's what happened like production wise it it the story was was yeah. more fuller than it should have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, that's why there's a director's cut out there. Yeah, know? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, um, but I always wonder in the past, like, why is it? Why do you keep shortening, shorting? And I found out why because they want to have much time slot in the theaters instead of putting it three showing because each that movie is three hours oh, long. Yeah, they want to be like, hey, let's have five. It's about the money again. Yeah, it's about the money again. Six the movies. Money again. Yeah, and yeah, so that popcorn, you know. Yeah. Same thing, like, like, I mean, it goes from the upper brass to even yeah. a local film festival. Yeah. You know, you have better odds of getting in there because you fit the time slots of how many films, how many short films they want to put in the, in the, in those blocks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It, yeah. it, it makes sense. But I don't know. Overall, I enjoyed it. I know people are going to hate me for saying that. Like, I, well, no, I can't believe no, it. No, well, no. If you say 50 50, I feel like. Hey, every <laughs> movie right is going to be 50. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who's who's going to yeah. love everything? You know? I, I, love I, think, I think Mulan specifically, though, is a little more sensitive due to all the politics around that. Yeah, I think people sure. are attacking oh, yeah. for that. I, right. I'm like, hey, I'm just watching it as an audience. Right. Yeah. People forget that. Yeah. Right. You know? Or they'll even attack you for even watching it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. Like, right? Besides watching, supporting my friends and representation, if you don't watch it now, they're going to spoil it the next day. Right, and I hate that. Like, uh, you know that scene. I mean, it's already out there. That scene where uh, what's his name? Um, spoiler alert, guys! Yeah, yeah. Well, just, just cover uh, your ears. Cover your ears. Uh, it's coming up when Ming Na introduced Wulan. Okay, mm-hmm. I was like, what? No one knew that she was on that project. It's on Sunday. Already posted a GIF. I'm like, oh. wow, really? Like, you gotta. It happens fast, yeah. So, I, I love that actually. I, I I love the fact that they gave gave some nods to the Disney movie. Exactly. Like they, they didn't have singing, but they had the ly- uh, the lyrics in the, the in the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. And when Ming Na came out, I was like, oh, that's the original Mulan. Oh, cool. They, that's great that they gave the nod to the musical Disney. Yeah. Um, but I give my two cents about like um, I saw this I saw this post by somebody, and he was like listing all, all these like. Uh, reasons why people are are so against Mulan, like all the politics and everything like that, and mm-hmm. even like the story, it's not, it's not, it's not fully fleshed out and, and everything. And then in the in the final sentence, he said that when I when I saw my little girl's face light up when they saw Mulan mm-hmm. come on screen, that's when I said fuck the rest of that shit. Yeah. There you go. And not, I'm like, yeah, that makes you total know, you sense. Know what, you there know you what? go, I, bro. I thought the same way after I finished watching. I know it's probably not a kids movie, but Ghost in the Shell. You know, mm-hmm. oh, I'm like which one? The the Scarlett action, the, the one with Scarlett Johansson. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So I was like, you know, I was just sitting there after the whole thing. I was like, oh man, if a young girl, little, you know, young girl, like watch this and she saw herself and and she saw that she was powerful and you know mm-hmm. could like shape her own world. That's a totally different movie for us right. as Asian Americans. Exactly. You know, right. a whole different. It's like having your Black Panther. You know, and someone's like, mm, I'm gonna cast someone else. So I think it's really important to at least the, the, the stories that are made for us, you know, don't, don't get me into Akira now, <laughs> have the right representation, you yeah, know? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you, I mean, if you had 
the Black Panther, and can you imagine oh, if on. he was white but South Africa? Like, you know, it would have been yeah, not even, yeah. yeah. I mean, crazy. But that's the thing. There's they, not that level of sen- sensitivity towards toward, Asian Americans. And you know what yet. I will say to, to add, and I'm 100% agree with you there. Uh, I've I've watched recent uh, because it's been more out there, so it's like I kind of look for it now without looking for it, just natural. And what I'm seeing a pattern here in a lot of films where, whether it's a TV series or a movie, when they kill an Asian, it's very disposable. There's oh, yeah. no feelings attached. Yeah. Whereas if they're killed a uh, uh, like a white person within that story arc mm-hmm. there's so much that goes into it mm-hmm. you know that that and when he kills it's like this humongous sacrifice that he made so everyone can live if it's an asian guy killed white savior it's because he had this conflict you know and he's a bad guy and he decided you know it just it made him easy to kill without having feelings for him like well yeah. you were saying man like uh how these asian characters are dying i, I agree with you only because they're not writing good characters for these Asian American actors because the only one that comes to mind is Glenn from Walking Dead. People love him when he died. It was like well, in the comic, he was the first victim. In the in the show, it was that uh, Glenn from Walking Dead. Yeah, Glenn from Walking Dead. Uh, Steve, Stephen Yen's uh, character. But so in the TV show, they killed two people in that scene. It was that white guy. He didn't die that way in the comics, which I found out later. So when Stephen died, his character, people were like shocked. No one talked about the white guy. I talked about him because they grew up in his journey. They loved him. He was a relatable character, and you know, and all the Asian Americans like, yeah, he got with Maggie and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, Maggie. Yeah, yeah, so, she was so hot. So I think it's, oh. I think it's the flaw. It's the character development, dude. You know, like if you start writing good characters for an Asian American uh, actor, I think people will sympathize it when they passing. Like uh, my sister's, she just finished watching Grimm on. The NBC show and there was like a oh, I forgot his name but there's a Filipino Chinese actor in there and there was a scene where he died like, he died? I'm not watching the show I'm like but he's Asian it's like oh no don't worry he's coming back only because he was written well he was he was part of the cast he right. wasn't just a side character mm-hmm. you know I think we need to focus on writing good characters doesn't matter Asian black Hispanic we need to write good s- stories for characters Is they're just so easily disposed uh, without a a without missing him mm-hmm. you don't really miss that character they're easily forgettable and that's a lot of it's due to the writing if, if not you know 100 percent of it mm-hmm. and you're absolutely right i mean when i saw glenn go from the walking dead mm-hmm. that destroyed me yeah and the first time that i thought he went remember that part where he was uh oh in yeah the garbage and they ended the Spoiler, season spoiler <laughs> but that's so old like it's not like, yeah it's How like at this that? point it's your fault yeah <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah. but yeah when, when i thought that he was done in there it killed me and when he survived it was like yes that is some excellent writing go 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 yeah, yeah. and then uh, i was like there's no way they're gonna kill him because like he's such an integral part of the identity of the series mm. and they killed him and I, I, I hurt me to the core. Well, I, I knew it before because the comic you know? book issue came out first. Right? Yeah. And I read, I was like, oh, fuck, he's dying. <laughs> but, you know, later, I, right? I was hoping, I didn't read the comics, but I heard from people that that's what happened. Yeah. But I was hoping, and a lot of other people along with me, I was hoping that they would somehow restructure it so that Glenn survived. But yeah. They, but they did, though, because Glenn actually gets killed early in the comic books right right no no um right. and then in the show he dies in the third fourth season 
No, it was, it was a correct timeline. No, was it? Yeah, because really? I read up to issue 50-ish. Mm-hmm. Carol died a long time ago. She, mm-hmm. Her character, whew, her death She's was, still there. She's still there. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they definitely shifted that part. But yeah, Glenn, he died according to the comics. And mm-hmm. it was very noble and, and messed up, man, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Well, I, I think that says something. Because I heard there's a lot of politics, actually, in, in the writer's room for characters, right? So I think also important is for Asian Americans to have a voice is to be in the writer's room too. Yes, like, definitely. That's at the end of the day, who's going to write a better character of you than, than Asian Americans. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's another important issue is like people need to practice that skill, that craft. And that's why I look up to people like Henry, you know, he's the other generation, mm-hmm. but he's inspiring the next, hopefully, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the most recent one was, uh, I forgot his last name, Peter from uh, Daredevil. His new his recent article that uh, he wrote about um, in Daredevil, they didn't expand his character. They had the source there, but the showrunner did say, no one cares about Asians. Oh, damn. Yeah, and then he 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 finally admitted in Zoom, like on a, on a, a convention, and I, I saw his pain. He's like, yo, man, like I loved it. Some of the writers loved it, but the showrunner said that no one cares about Asians. So it was actually written It was for actually him. written. Yeah, and he yeah, saw like, it, and, and he thought that it was he was actually going to read for this um no 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 he is yeah he's read the first thing like yeah. his character was very built people loved his character he's right. the like the second uh gangster in the in the, in the tv show mm-hmm. when i heard about that i was like wow that sucks why why is that why why are we why is there this ceiling for us in every no matter where we try to go and what direction or profession there's a cap to it or there's some type of um negative stereotype towards us that'll limit it or where we have to be where i mean to break through that ceiling we have to be extra 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 good whereas someone else just needs to be really good mm-hmm. you know like why is that i mean i i, I think it's it's throughout Amer- asian american history it's been happening for a long time you know and it I, I, a lot of it ha- started when uh you know people started coming over from building the railroads right they had their cues on and their silk, you know, silk oh. wardrobe, right? So there was, there was a, it, it, I think it was like a masculinity thing where you would put these people down because you wanted to feel macho in a way, you know? And I think it's definitely been passed on through media, through culture, you know? But now it's, it is about like, okay, let's put our version our, of, of ourselves out there, mm-hmm. you know? And then if people see that, they'll just get more acclimated to that, you know? It's a, it's steps, right? It's the same thing with Mulan's. Like, you got to see those faces. You got to see those faces. And then over time, you know, I, I, w- I was watching um, Brave New World, mm-hmm. right? You're talking about Glenn having sex. And then now we see this, this it's like a, on Peacock. It's like the new NBC thing. I think he's like half Asian, but he looks very Asian. Mm-hmm. And he's li- they're literally banging on screen now, you know? It's like a whole different, I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? So I, it's it's about representation. It's about like how we are portray. We, are we the lovers and stuff like that? Yeah, we are yeah. portrayed in a different way. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's I, been there. I, I will think. say that there is an untapped revenue source. In that, I, I think people, for whatever reason, has been conditioned to think that Asian Americans are not bankable on screen or their stories are not important. And 
there i think there's a cloud of mystery surrounding asians right just in the culture within itself and if we were to able to kind of demystify some of that through incredible writing through incredible stories through incredible talent showcasing that to the world i think there's an opportunity in something that's new and refreshing instead of seeing the same old things being remade over and over the yeah. same type of patterns every single time because that's where the safe money is i would gamble that if someone were to find a way to monetize this and see this opportunity that's untapped i mean you and i am saying this is an oil well if we're going back to when oil was really precious this is like a huge like it's right there like you guys have a great opportunity this is a gold mine right here like mm -hmm. you guys go dig there you got to get the tools you got to find the right uh tools and, and people to to dig this site because it's there it's there for the taking but mm -hmm. everyone keeps ignoring it they think it's it, it's not important I, I think what you're saying is funny because uh there was a moment right um better luck tomorrow mm, people oh, yeah. were just like yo we gotta support this guy <laughs> like, let's go let's go let's go you yeah. know what i mean it was like it doesn't matter who made that film someone made a film about us let's go support so there's definitely like that community that's ready but you, to did you watch up. that in theaters i think i saw it at like college <laughs> i think it's like they did a screening or something oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they did a screening yeah. but you know i mean how many theaters was that in i don't know i don't really know but yeah. there's definitely like the audience that's there for it and then now you're talking about you know chinese like china chinese right. money right the world's but, a lot smaller yeah you know and and i guess if when you look at it globally asians make up the majority of it mm -hmm. but but the challenge for us is like we're not going to be telling chinese story like we're going to be telling but our, that's our my stories, point yeah. exactly that there is a huge untapped potential in the asian american story mm -hmm. think about it america uh, america still has this appeal to people that aren't in america mm. now if you look at asians like people still follow Amer american style american music american culture mm -hmm. right from all wh whether it's from a, a latino whether it's from uh, uh, an african-american or a white uh, pop star or a white actor it, it, or, or asian culture people still look to america as as i guess the the forefront of that now in the politics and all that that's a whole separate conversation but mm -hmm. in terms of cool factor style fashion well I, I still believe there's a lot of cachet in being an american when it comes to those subject matters and those are what's uh, that's part of what sells films now if they were able to find a way to monetize an, a, an Asian American story and make it compelling and, and authentic enough to put on a screen, I mean, it doesn't have to be 100%, you know, from end to end. You still got to make it, you know, a commercial. Movie. Yeah, marketable. you got to have some, uh, something, you, gotta, you still got to put something palatable where people recognize the taste. Mm -hmm. But enough to make it go, I recognize it, but this is whoa this is interesting this is different i didn't think it would be i didn't think this could taste like that i didn't think asians were like that you would see asians and i would even bet european people from other countries look at it and go oh my gosh that was a hell of a movie that was good that was really effing good case in point crazy rich asians that's one mm -hmm. right but two we'll change it i mean this podcast mm -hmm. we thought when we started it, uh, this podcast, and we're still very young in this game, right? I think you guys are our 40, 41st episode, mm -hmm. right? So 
when we started this, we thought it was really going to be, we didn't know who our core audience was going to be. Yeah. And and to tell you the truth, we still really don't know. I mean, a lot of it are, are I guess, Asians, because we do talk about that a lot, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because because we feel like we need to. And it only we only ran into that subject matter because of what COVID. Mm-hmm. If COVID never happened, we, you know, we would have just, because at that point, remember, pre-COVID, it looked like Asian Americans were getting a piece of the pie. It was, man. It was. Absolutely. And when we started getting attacked, well, we had to speak up about it. Mm -hmm. Now, we had no idea that so many people, we have so many people reach out to us from other Asian countries. Oh, really? That's good, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not to toot our own horn, but. Oh, please do. You know, we we were actually. It, It is our show. (laughs) <laughs> but, but they they we had no idea that people from other countries were listening to us yeah, yeah, yeah. australia hong kong um china sweden i don't sweden well i don't know if they're actually um, asians I feel, I feel like people <laughs> want to know what's on the ground what's happening right? we're asian americans and we're talking about asian american stuff and, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah and we're from new york we're from and new from, york yeah a, so there's there's, there's a cachet, cachet. There's, yeah. a cachet. Yeah. there's a cachet yeah. so that's what and that's just a podcast imagine a fucking really good movie yeah yeah. that's my point that's the point i'm getting at i yeah. mean we were surprised when we got a um, apple itunes um uh ranking that we're actually one of the top 20 podcasts congrats in, man it's good in uh, good. hong kong i think so thank you hong kong yeah I, yeah we don't even <laughs> speak cantonese on the show <laughs> yeah so um i'm glad you guys are listening and i uh, hope we do give you guys some value but that's exactly what i'm talking about the asian american stories is it's I don't know why. I mean, if any, if you, if it's about the money, guys, if it's about the money, I, look. I mean, there's a huge opportunity there that you guys aren't even. You guys are barely scratching the surface. Yeah, man. Oh. And we have a couple of excellent filmmakers right in front of us right now, so you guys might want to look them over. You're listening. <laughs> no, thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it, there was something there, and I think people are looking in front of the cameras more than behind the cameras. And I've been talking to that with colleagues who are not actors. You know, like, you know, granted we're crazy rich Asian and masculinity thing, you know, but I can't relate to that. I don't have six packs. I'm not Hoppa or whatever. I'm, I'm just me. You know, I like to see someone that looks like me. Or I think the closest I ever got was uh, Ken Lung's movie, uh, Shanghai Kiss. Mm. You know, that was like a, about a struggling actor who doesn't know about his identity, never been to China, but he has the opportunity to go to China and he found his, his cultural awareness. I was like, I've never been to China. I like, I kind of felt that, you know, same boat. So I think Hollywood, or instead of anyone's listening, please like don't focus on you know like Instagram selfies. Like, yo, know, tap on your writing. You know, tap on if you're into costume design, or, or you're a set designer, or a scripty, anything. This we need more of that than anything. Yeah, I, and I agree totally with that because I think a lot of the power comes behind the camera. Yeah, and I, they're, they're not a lot of people. Um, I guess the general public won't see that, right? Yeah. When you see the credits, oh, yeah, director, absolutely. Asian American name, you know, writer, Asian American name. Yeah. That's power. Yeah. Executive producer, Asian American name. Yeah. I mean, you see, you know, characters that look like you on screen. Yeah. But then, if you have the people behind the camera actually writing these stories, it's authentic. Yeah. And they get to say who the director gets to say who hires who. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Absolutely, man. I think I think culturally also, uh, as what are my first generation, second, you know, my parents came over, and there's this push from immigrant parents to be like, oh, take the stable route, right? Absolutely, right. So Absolutely. I mean, no one's gonna go, hey, go be a writer, go be a filmmaker. <laughs> that's like the wrong, it's mm. the wrong way to think about it. In for their their generation, you know, 
And yeah, I mean, I, I would challenge people to go out and, and, and do that, right? And to really push yourself to either write or... It, it's not easy. I feel like it's not easy. No and, you do, and you do, do need people that are supported in that way where they can create art. And I don't think that's in the mindset of, of, of new Asian Americans that are born, you know, that are born here. Yeah. Yeah. 